AG1 is a comprehensive and convenient blend of over 70 high quality ingredients. And what that means is each morning when I wake up, before I do anything else, I drink AG1 to set me up for the day. It keeps me clear headed, full of energy and focused on whatever I need to do, like writing the fighting cock, for example. One scoop once a day before breakfast and that's it. I've actually found that I've not been needing coffee in the morning to get me started. I've still been drinking coffee because I love coffee, but it's not because it's like a necessity to do so. AG1 is made out of the highest quality ingredients subject to the strictest manufacturing standards. AG1 is NSF certified for sport and this process involves exhaustive testing and verification that every serving of AG1 is exactly what you see on the label. If you want to take ownership of your health, try AG1 and get a free one year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs for your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com forward slash the fighting cock. That's drinkag1.com forward slash the fighting cock to get started. And to help the podcast. Thank you very much. Have a great day and enjoy the show. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. GEICO asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. 
even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. GEICO asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the fight in. It's the fight in. Clock. It's the fight in. It's the fight in. Clock. Come on, shut up. It's got T full stop after it. Even that's annoyed me now. The fact he's got a full stop well, after it. We're recording, by the way. You're, 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 so the fact that you've got Mr. A, like you're some sort of fucking. Fifty oh, Shades. That's to go incognito. Fifty Shades so, of A. No, that's to be incognito <laughs> for my for when I was, you know, for the MSN Messenger days. Jesus <laughs> Christ! Jesus, and all, all all of the all of the the high jinks you've got up to since then. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure why there's a full stop after my name. That's weird. But that's annoying me. I'm going to keep it there now because you've said that. But it, but it, but it, it sums you up. D full stop. I don't need to tell you anything else. Yeah, that's, that's true. Actually, I might put that in the, put that in the bio. Uh, we've got we've got to start with a question um, from Rebecca coming you Spurs <laughs> Coy, as Coys for coming you Spurs on Twitter. She says, "Okay, so you're about to lose your anal virginity. The only lube you're allowed is the tears that you can cry. What emotional Spurs moment are you watching to produce those tears?" T, go on. Well, it's going to have to be a Champions League semi-final. I know it's a bit, a bit of a boring answer, but that was an out-of-body experience. And, um, yeah, I think I'd have more than enough lube to have a nice bumming from that game. Did you cry? No, no I didn't, actually. I just felt so surreal. I didn't, I didn't cry. But you didn't actually? So what, you what, know, what, why, yeah, how, how, how are you going to have enough lube if you didn't cry? I've never cried ever. Of course you haven't. But if I, well, never. But if I, no. Okay. But if I knew I was going to get bummed, then I'd probably summon it up. Yeah, but that's not the answer. Anyway, so the answer here for you, T, is that you're going to get dry bummed. Yeah, that would be very nice. Yeah, but it, that, because you've never cried over Spurs, that's that's the case. Alex, what's your answer? Well, I, I mean, yeah, the, sem- the quarterfinal and the semifinal, I I cried like an absolute baby. The semi, the semifinal. I I rang Spooky, I rang uh, all sorts of people that I just needed to speak to because it was one of those moments where, you know, you, you think of the people most important to you who aren't there. Uh, Alex, what was the, what was the what what was the game where you just walked up to me after it was a social and you walked up to me and you looked at me and you just shook your head and burst into tears and grabbed hold of me. That was yeah, that was uh, that was the quarter that was the quarter final I think the Man City it. game. Yeah, that was yeah, that, could... that was that was wonderful. Like I've never seen. But look, if we'd have been sat in the pub, just us three, 
watching that. I, I don't think I'd have been like that. But it's just the fact of when you see that much just pure joy, like you can't rationalise it. It's fucking football for fuck's sake. Like you, you, there's no there's no ration to it. And to make that, oh, I don't know. It was just I, those nights were just. And, and, and you know what? And you know what? Because I obviously had to get that motorbike from. I paid like two hundred quid <laughs> to get a bike, someone to bike me from Henley to that place just to be there in time because I couldn't watch that game anywhere else other than with my mates. I think on that night as well, because we we did the, the fighting court social and, and the, fight, the, the, the fighting court social has been a curse for many, many years. Uh, <laughs> and uh, on that night, it all came to a head. And I think that uh, that's one of the greatest moments of my Spurs support in life when I, I looked at Tony Sopra- Soprano's invalid brother come walking at me. <laughs> <laughs> Sake. I just grab hold of me and I'm like, yes, I'm part of the mafia there was, now. There was one other, there is one other time that I cried at the time, and that was when we lost the semi final of the Portsmouth in the FA Cup. Oh, um, I didn't I cry was, at all. Was just, I was pretty drunk at the time, but I just remember walking home and I was still quite. When was that? That would have been T. When was that? 2000? And... 2010. Yeah, so I would have been, you know, I was hoping I was a bit younger than that, but all right, maybe not. But so I would have been about 24. Uh, and I, I'd not seen us, you know, I'm not old enough to have seen really us do anything. And that was probably about as close as we got to, a, you know, to, to an FA Cup. And I just remember walking home and not, not like weeping, but just a little, you know, my lip was going a bit on that walk. <laughs> oh, have you got, have you got headphones in? Yeah. Can you just take them out and hold the phone to your ear so it's... To hold it up. Well, either that or just don't let them ruffle against your mantis. Right, fine. That's fine, so much good. better. Listen to that, T. Look at this. That's so much better. It's like that dream phone that girls used to play with in, in the 90s. <laughs> I, remember, amazing. I remember dream phone. Cause I remember f- f- wishing that there was like a, a young boys version of it. Not, <laughs> yeah. not, hang on, hang on. Not that there were young boys on the end of the phone. That, that as a young man, I could get to speak to young girls on the on the dream phone. Anyway, I've never heard of this. It's fine. It's, be- it's better that you hadn't really, because it's it's a child's toy that was designed to farm young girls into the idea that dating women, men was the be all and end all of their life. It's pretty especially grim. men with hair as well, which you know really. Yeah, um, my my go-to cry moment was one that I didn't expect. It's when we beat Real Madrid in the Champions League group stages. It was one where Alderweire got injured in October. It was 3-1 at Wembley. I don't know why, but when Ericsson put that ball in the net and we went 3-1 up, I, 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 the tears fell from my face involuntary. I couldn't control it. I don't know why it happened. It just did. And... It was it was incredible. I remember the, when it went in, looking around at my dad and my brothers in tears, with my arms in the air, and uh, for that I, I would have been able to mop up plenty of that that um, that tear or tears. And then well, it depends on how much lube you need. If you've had your ass, you know, played with a little bit before, you might not might not need as much. Talking about a man, a man of experience here. Uh, well, I, I think I think most men enjoy a little bit of you know just exploratory bum play. Yes, do you think? I um, but I don't know what to say to that. T, do you? <laughs> never no, a little <laughs> just a little don't cheeky finger. I haven't. Then... We talked about this on the pod before. I haven't. I haven't. I've, well, I've... A girl's never done a little cheek. Not not even like 
circled it like a shark. I'll slap, I'll slap the hand away, yo. Oh, well, like, get, well, get, get off me, this is abuse. This is I'll night. tell you what that is. That's gay, that is. <laughs> this is... <laughs> what, do you reckon I protest too much? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You're worried about what will happen. Like, I had a mate once. I had a mate, yeah, I had a mate once and said, was like, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't like it. And I was like, what do you mean? She's like, well, and, and his uh, missus was there. And they were like, oh, um, yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't like, he doesn't like me going anywhere near it. And we were like, why? And he was like, bit gay. And I was like, how can a girl touching it be gay? It's a bit gay. <laughs> uh, there's nothing wrong with it, heterosexually or, or homosexually. It's all, all fine. It's just, it's just not for me. Anyway, welcome to the Fighting God podcast. If you've never listened to it before, it's more or less what you've heard in the last five minutes is, is what we're about. Bum play, yep. either willing bum play or, or unwilling bum play. Uh, I'm joined today by Alex from Bristol and Felonious Phil. How are you doing, boys? Not bad. Oh. Uh, apologies for the lack of, uh, of a podcast on Monday. We did intend to do it, but actually on Sunday when I was scheduled to do it, um, I had guests around and they wouldn't leave, so I couldn't. And, you know, we'd lost that game against Liverpool. And since then, we've, what, we've won a game, haven't we? Yep. Makes a change. Does make a change. We're not going to go into the, the the kind of ins and outs of Liverpool and Borough because it kind of is what it is. And part of the reason why I don't want to go into the Borough game is because my mum got married yesterday, right? Which was a lovely thing because she's getting on. And she's found someone to share a life with who loves her deeply. And, and there's a son of a mother who lost their partner to find someone else who treats her so well. It's really, really a lovely thing for me, right? But he gave me a space cake at about, I'd say about six o'clock in the evening. And it absolutely kicked my ass. Like, honestly, knocked me sideways. <laughs> so much so that when I went back to the pub we were staying in, I was lying in the bed with my missus, and I realised halfway into the game that we were playing. <laughs> and uh, I was like, I, I just came to and I went to my missus, uh, Spurs are playing of BBC One and, and we put it on and I kind of watched it through a half open eye but I was so so battered by this edible that I, I couldn't quite I can imagine you just lying on the bed with eyes closed and just realise it and just, just I, not even sit up honestly, say, BBC One yeah, I, yeah that, that was pretty much what it is and I, I don't remember anything from the game other than uh, Burroughs scoring a goal um, I don't I didn't see the goals I, I saw saw them in the replay afterwards but yeah I was um I was, uh, yeah, I, it's not a game I can talk about in any great detail. So we, what we're going to do now is we'll talk about some of the, the talking points around those games. And the first one is the kind of levy out stuff because it's back again. And it, every now and then it does come. But in the same way that the Yid Army debate comes back, the the levy, levy out kind of brigade come out again. So I just want, before we start this conversation, what, T, where are you at with the the levy out argument that he needs to go? I mean, we get asked about this every so often when we, you know, when we ask questions on the pod, and um, people saying, you know, that we kiss Levy's ass, and you know, I've said time and time again, you know, what he did with this Stratford, with Stratford, and then Martin Yole, they're not buying players, and I don't love him, well, but I'm almost agnostic. But the issue I have with the Levy out gang is that there's no there's there's no structure, there's no organisation, there's no sort of manifesto. It's like, well, well if you get rid of um, Enoch and Levy, then what? Yeah. That, you that... know, I mean, it's, 
it's almost akin to to Brexit now. Um, not obviously not everyone who voted for Brexit didn't know what they were voting for, but it feels like with the Leave Out, they're not, they don't know what comes after. So it's just like um, get Leave Out done, and then we'll yeah, do it's, like the, it's all very well having flags, but they're still attending the games, putting money in his pocket, and putting the flags out. Obviously, maybe the flags get more traction being in the stadium, but. I've got an issue with to... the banner. I've got an issue with the, the banner that people are sharing. Well, there's it's... a few, but go on. As it, the one I've seen is, um, thanks, was it? Uh, the one last night. Yeah, the one one last night, was, which was, the words were something along the lines of, um, thanks for the no memories, Mr. Levy, but it's time to go. Something along those lines. Basically a rip-off of the flag that DT had in the Arsenal end. And, and while, look, I've got no issue with people demonstrating against the football club because if they feel strongly enough, you know, do what you've got to do to make change. But to take the wording of a flag that has caused so much embarrassment to our rivals, to take that wording and then apply it to our, to our own football club is unforgivable. <laughs> like, find, use any other words. Like, use your intellect to find some words that resonates. Don't fucking rip off DT from Arsenal Fan TV, which is what they did. To be fair, I only learned from you today that that was DT's flag. But that, 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 to, be, to be fair, is to suggest that this isn't well known. It's just that you didn't know it in that, this instance. This, this, is, uh, this is well-known stuff. I'm not sure it was Arsenal's flag. Yeah. Mm. You, know when he, you know when DT kept going, I'll bring out the flags, I'll bring out the, it's that flag that he was talking about. Okay, I didn't know. Sorry, go on. You're making I, a point. I, I, I'd argue the point, but I don't think most. I don't. I, I'd say more people know the flag than who know DT. Okay, fair enough. Uh, Al, what, 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 what's your your position on the the leave um, out? Same as T, really. You, you've got to you've got to show me what an alternative is, because if what you want, I mean, I've said it so many times, but if 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 what you want is is copious amounts of money being spent then I don't think you can show me anyone that is going to be able to come in and buy a club our size with the commitments that we already have and do that without breaking FFP. And I, if someone can do that, then I'll... To play, to play devil's advocate a little bit, I, I don't think that they necessarily just want Daniel Levy to leave and Enid to leave. They just want us to spend money in the transfer window. And when we've signed Gedson Fernandez when we could potentially have signed Bruno Fernandes, but we didn't because we didn't spend or, or couldn't or refused to spend 70 million euros to get him in, that, that there perhaps is questions that need to be asked. I, I just, I, I, don't, I don't necessarily disagree, right? But I just, I mean, and obviously we can only work on what we're told by people that are fed information from agents who have agendas, and and other side of things, right? When people say Poch passed up on Tillemans and all the rest of it, right? You know, that's that's stuff that you're told by people who are told by agents and, and by other sources, right? You usually have another reason for why those journalists, those things, right? That's my first point. The, the, the second point is I don't understand how... I don't understand how... I mean, when you look at the signings that we've had, or the most successful players that we've had in the last couple of years, right? So you would look at someone like Kane, Son, Deli Ali, um, you know, Danny Rose to an extent. Obviously, not for the last couple of years, but you know, was a big, big part. Carl Walker was a huge part. Um, Musa Dembele. You know, did any of them cost any more than about any more than twenty million quid? 
you know, I think Sun, I can't remember how much Sun cost. Yeah, but the but, market changed. The market's changed since then. Yeah, but but only to an extent when someone like Neymar goes for the type of money that he goes for. And we've never been in that market, ever. Well, um, so nothing changed. Yeah, I guess. I mean, the, the I think the, the the reinvention of the Levy out campaign campaign has come off the back of a signing Gedson. Um, well, perhaps, but sorry, just just one more thing before I forget. And uh, sorry, T, but um, also when you look at other clubs, right, who have made when you look at the, who their most important players are or who they've been for the last maybe two, three years, perhaps. None of them have been the super massive money signings, really. Liverpool went out and got Van Dijk and, and Allison, right, which were two noticeable uh, exceptions. But you look at every other club and every other big, big money signing that has been made, you know, not really. You know, who Man City have obviously spent a huge amount of money on, you know, Laporte made, has made a part of the difference, but he's not, he's been injury prone a lot of the time. Company was still their most valuable player, you know, even last season, maybe. You know, when it came into that title race to the run-in, do you see what I mean? That that value—it just feels like people are wanting to spend money for money's sake. If it's someone they haven't heard of, but we're going to spend eighty million quid on them, I think people would be happier. And that, that baffles me. I think a lot of people like think about what Liverpool have done, and especially signing Allison and Van Dijk to have solved their problems. Like they went big and spent what was it, one hundred and twenty, one hundred and thirty million pound on those two players after uh, selling Coutinho for one hundred and fifty. Was that did they all of that fall in line? Roughly, I mean, I don't know exactly, but it wasn't far off. But even if even if they did speculate that that money, I, I spoke to Chris Pajak of Redman TV on the Patreon podcast where we preview a game, and I asked him this: "Is I said, what was the turning point signing those two players?" And he said, "Like outside of the football club, I can understand why you you think this, but what was happening on the coaching staff and the and the club the." Um, the group of uh, of people around Klopp that enables him to create game plans and uh, and a vision for what Liverpool were going to become, all of that changed as well. And he brought in new people. And the people, the, the bloke he was with since Mainz in 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 Germany, who was obsessed with the Gagan press, he Klopp said, "Well, we we need another vision here, and this isn't going to take us to the next stage." And they got rid of him. So that it's from Pajak's perspective is that. That was as instrumental as these new players, and uh, it just oh, no, exactly. You no, just got rid of someone who is probably that is far closer to Klopp in Pochettino than than Mourinho is. What do you mean? Well, in terms of if it, if it's just as important, you know, if you if you look at the two main examples of what has pushed Liverpool on, then and if we take what we see from the outside in terms of Van Dijk and Allison, and then take from a, a more internal perspective, from someone who watches them every week and obviously spends a huge amount of time debating, talking and, and knowing everything about what's going on in the, in the club, uh, like, like Redman TV, for example, then, then, then that side of things is, well, it sounds like from what you're saying, I, I didn't hear it, but um, that is just as or very close to being as, as just as important. Yeah, uh, I, I would agree completely. Um, T, do you miss the days where we could sign a player and just enjoy it? Because like, Getson Fernandez's um, arrival at, at Tottenham has been met with a lot of cynicism on, on Twitter where there are notable accounts that are picking apart his ability as a footballer before he's even signed for the football club. And I, as I was reading it throughout this week, I was just left with this feeling of, 
like, this is another part of the get. Like we talk about VAR taking away moments of excitement and ex- an expo- explosion of emotion, but by the same token, fans are doing it as well on Twitter. Like, oh, Gerson Fernandez isn't firstly isn't Bruno Fernandez. He's he's not the player we need. He's not as good as X, Y, and Z. He, these are his failings as a football club, uh, as a footballer. Rather than just saying we've signed a player, like he could go on to do great things. We've, we've seen players so many times who've had really mediocre careers at other football clubs, and they arrive at a club that's perfect for them, and they flourish. But the the go to take for the vast majority of people on. T- it's maybe isn't the vast majority. The go-to take for some people on Twitter, especially those who have influence, um, is to to break down something that could be very good. And it, it, it's like uh, it's almost like it comes from the position of I want to be right before I'm wrong, kind of thing. Gee, what well, that's think? the that's that's the age we're living in. I mean, I completely agree that we can't seem to enjoy anything anymore, and I guess it's similar in music. An album comes out, and within an hour, someone's tweeted that's it's an instant classic, and so on and so on. I mean, I think I put in the group yesterday the replies to when Mo Salah signed for Liverpool, and the replies are awful. I mean, they're, they're really, really coating him off, saying it was a waste of money. And he's arguably the best signing, signing of the last 10 years, definitely. you know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, um, the situation of, of Jetson Fernandez is, um, I think, is a Jorge Mendes link. Probably Garbord is first name because the board please pronounce it differently. But it seems to be linked to a lot of players on his um, client list. So it feels a little bit like it's a favour to Mourinho, it's a favour to Mendes. But as for as for Jetson, he's young. It's risk free. We don't. Have to, there's no obligation to buy. So I don't see what the problem is getting him in. There's there's no problem at all. I try to go back to the Salah thing. When he left Chelsea, and I think he went to Fiorentina. Yes. He wasn't rated. He was rated at Basel because he did it in the Swiss league. But obviously, the Swiss league isn't the Premier League. Or well, Salah Salah smashed us for Basel. Yes, he did at, at Wild Lane, and he smashed us for Fiorentina as well. Yes, yeah. he but, did. Um, he did. But, but he was there. Go. But I was going to say, he's one of those players who just seemed um, a bit like a poor man's rebury, you know? I mean, it seemed a bit erratic. But that's so my point. No one he, expected that. My, that's, my, that's my point. My point is is that all of these pundits and us as podcasters and, and people that produce content around football club that we, we love, all we can go by is what we've seen a footballer produce. And what we've seen a footballer produce isn't what he could go on to do. So, so, and I'm not saying don't have a, an opinion on it. Like, have an opinion on it. But know that if you do, before knowing exactly what kind of player this person is, that you're making somebody's experience of following a football club less enjoyable because you want to appear to be intelligent or understand the game. I think you're being a bit... Over dramatic when it comes to Twitter. I'd say the majority of football fans are not on Twitter, but go to games. What, does it, what difference I, does it make I, if they go to games or not? Well, I think. Well, I think. I think sometimes we just get we get caught in a bit of a bubble when it comes to football Twitter, you know. And and you know, it's Twitter in particular is very different. Look on, um, you know, different kind of. I find different vibes on different forms of social media, like. Facebook, for example, tends to be a slightly older 
demographic and you get certain responses to things like that. I just, I just think, I, I mean, I try not to have anything to do with, you know, if, if Spurs lose or we sign a player or anything that I know is going to be, you know, controversial. But I tend not to do with social media because it's just, it, because you can, people then just start to follow other people's opinions because they don't really know their own. All and right. it's easy to make a clip. Oh, oh, let me ask you. In, in that bubble, and it's not actually that bigger part of football fan. Yeah, it? you're probably right. You're probably right. And I think it's easy to kind of apply Twitter to every conversation where it's probably not that important. But let me. But let I me will talk- say, but I will say, sorry, quick, but I'm extremely underwhelmed by this signing. And, and this is the first, this has been the first time where, first time in a long time where I have looked at that and thought, that's a bit sounds. That looks like a bit of a cop out signing. That just looks like a numbers, a body, for the sake of having a body. Yeah, and but that's yeah. what it is because we've got we've got injuries. So that's exactly yeah. what it is. I don't which I appreciate. I don't know why people that. are kicking up about it. Uh, which I appreciate, but I just would you rather we not sign him, Mel? I don't know because you know, because I don't know anything about. It, but, you know, I'm not. I'm... Yeah, so you're, you're choosing to be underwhelmed without knowing anything. I'm massively, I'm massively underwhelmed because of what, in the fact that he, you know, he's out of favour in a team that is arguably worse than us. But doesn't mean which, anything. That, it means nothing. Well, that's a falling know. out. That's a falling out with the manager, which is yeah. fine. Which is fine. But I just, um, I, I'm just telling you what my initial feeling is when I see that new, when I saw that news flash up, or the first time that I saw it was a bit like. Eh. I, I can't tell you, and that's just my Alex. How, how about you keep your, you know, your individual opinions to yourself, right? Okay. Let, let's I'll talk. See you later. Let, before you go, let, let's talk about a platform that you do understand in Tinder. What, what, like, what, what if, um, like, what, what if you, what you looked at was a, a lady that probably isn't, you know, up your street, but then turns out to be, you know, up your street. No, sometimes things will work out. This is an awful argument. Is the whole point of? I'm like, just saying that you might meet a Gedson Fernandez on Twitter, you uh, on Twitter, Tinder that you don't rate, but then it becomes your life partner in civil in civil matrimony. Well, that's true, and I hope so. I, I hope that's exactly what it is. I think I don't. I think if any, no, I don't. I don't believe that anyone is hoping that that someone we sign doesn't succeed. I think, but all you can do when people are desperate to just say something about anything that comes up about Tottenham is that you, you, you go off of either your gut or what you've seen other people say and that's just but, but it, the the issue of that is that when things don't go their way they revisit this, these opinions and um, okay we get that Twitter doesn't Twitter was a small part of our fandom but that's what we but that's the subject at hand isn't it social media yeah. and um, for example Mourinho's not doing that great so people said yeah I knew this would happen he's finished and that's fine, that's their opinion, but it's almost becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. And it's like, well, I was right the whole time. So when Jetson Fernandez gets the game and he has a stinker, they'll say, yeah, I knew it was shit the whole time. It just kind of reinforces something that's not necessarily positive. And not every, not every opinion you're going to have is going to be positive, but sometimes I just think people, people can just wait. It's like flabbing in early on Delhi and Sanchez and you got it wrong, and that's fine. You know, we're not going to be right about everything, but sometimes I think people can measure their opinions a lot better than they do. Yeah, I would just say, I would just say that it's all of us, it's everyone that does that. Like, even people like, you know, and I'm not calling out Windy here, but, you know, I, I, it, I feel like Windy, Sizoko could save seven orphans from a burning building and then go and take it around every player and pop it in the bottom of the corner. And I think Windy might still, I would feel like Windy would still tweet, like, saying, 
Seven out of ten. I, I, I feel like he would critique the way he carried the children. <laughs> but do you know what I mean? I just mean someone is as intelligent and as measured as, as 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 Windy still has their little bits of of what they thought originally about agenda what they, and what agenda is what he's talking about. I, I love Windy. I love Windy to bits, but I wouldn't describe him as measured in his views <laughs> on football. <laughs> and I hope he doesn't take that the wrong way. Just, I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm not having a go. I just mean it's human nature to an extent, that's all. Um, Jose Mourinho is starting to receive criticism. Uh, some people have, uh, have been giving him some. Uh, obviously, the summer of football we've been playing hasn't been great, but the challenges with that squad were evident because a manager previously, in Pochettino, couldn't get him playing the way that he wanted to play. The way he wanted to play was sexy, attractive football, and it wasn't happening, and we were losing games. Under Mourinho... You know, the win percentage has improved, but we've become much more pragmatic. It feels like, from an, a novice perspective, from the outside perspective at least, that he's resorting to a more basic form of football in order to get the results. But there does seem to be a plan that's coming to the fore. I think a lot of people have been talking about it, and it's divided a lot of people about whether you should be happy of the, with the performance against Liverpool when we lost 1-0. But it showed that there was some semblance of a plan going into a game. So, T, to start with you, where, where are you at with the criticism that Mourinho is receiving already? I mean, some of it is disappointing because I feel it comes from a place that's not judging a situation on its merits. It's judging from preconceived views on Mourinho as a person and his tactics and and what they thought of him anyway. So it's not like they've looked at the Spurs situation. We had two windows where we signed no one and I don't think we even sold anyone. Might, might have missed a couple of players there. So we've got a stale squad and Poch struggled to rouse the squad from from Dembele's, from Moussa Dembele's injury till he left. And that's not all his fault. That goes back to the Levy thing of not investing in the squad. But anyway, so all these things are happening and Mourinho's at the helm and we have no midfield, so he's sensibly chosen to bypass the midfield by, you know, playing a longer ball game. But people, I mean, people had to go at the um, the Liverpool game, for example, saying, oh, you know, Spurs are celebrating not getting battered by the best team in the last 10 years. And they're putting that on Mourinho, and I just think it's think it's ridiculous. But no one celebrated that. No one celebrated us losing. We just sort of saw that there might be something <laughs> happening. I mean, to be, to, be, to be fair, I mean, I, I'm going to preempt Al's point there. The journalist probably put in the article and probably the, sub, probably the editor probably put in a title to, to give it clicks. So there might, might be an element of that. Well, I mean, I don't, I don't Alex, read what, anyone. Sorry, what, 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 what do you think then now? Uh, I, this whole bypassing of the midfield thing, and it's similar to what Gary Neville said on the day, is I, I don't understand why... Players of a level of Winks, Ali, um, uh, you know, these are these are still decent players. It's, it's just, we haven't dropped off that much. I, I just don't that at the Liverpool game, and, and I and I admit that I afterwards and I looked through, like I said, we talked about Twitter, but looked through Twitter and us as a group and other Spurs fans that uh, that I know, but who I who I respect and I know are not particularly knee jerk, who thought that performance was actually something to look back on and go, all right, fair play. I, I couldn't have been more bored. I couldn't have been more 
uh, I was going to say unhappy then, but I think... I, I agree. Look, well, you haven't let me finish. Yeah, I haven't finished what I was going to say. Go on then. I, um, yeah, if, if we, we have three big games now against Manchester United, Chelsea, Liverpool, and, and that, 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 um, approach against Liverpool has been, it's not been the same approach against Manchester United, Chelsea, but it's varying versions of that. And I don't want to go into big games walking down to the stadium knowing that that's how we're going to play personally. I, and I struggle with that because I like Mourinho and I like his attitude. Like he's not one of these people that I dislike, but that was that was hard to watch for me, and I didn't enjoy any part of it. Would you? Uh, would you? The the other alternative is is to pay free throw and expensive football, and not pragmatic I don't football. Think it is. I think there's somewhere in between. Yeah, but if you look at the if you look at the chances that both teams had, they weren't there wasn't much difference between them. Uh, oh, there was a difference between the teams, Flash. I mean, the chances are different. The, 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 there wasn't any difference between our quality goal-scoring chances and theirs. I appreciate the, the fact of what he wanted to do in terms of, of, of almost bore Liverpool into submission, into making silly mistakes that you then capitalise. And I, and I don't disagree with the fact that we could have come away with a draw or a win. And if that had happened, then there would have been Mourinho masterclass headlines all over the shop. But... I'm just telling you what I and you know how I how I watch football and in terms of an enjoyment part side of things, and I didn't enjoy it. That's all I can say. No, I I I can't say I enjoyed it either. But I I feel like that we'd be having a different conversation if we'd have played attacking football and got beat four nil, and you'd be going at least we give it a go. Well, I'm trying to think of it in ways. I'm trying to be pragmatic in the fact that because I didn't enjoy watch. I was at the United game and I didn't enjoy that. I hated the Chelsea game. I didn't enjoy the Norwich game, the Brighton game. It, uh, you know, it, I just I can only go from what I feel in terms of actually watching my football club play, and I and I'm not enjoying it. Fair enough. Uh, okay. Uh, I mean, I don't. I was going to say I don't want us to descend into watch versus Mourinho, but it's almost unavoidable. But I can't say I enjoyed any of our games over the last nine months, and. Um, I mean, obviously, the Ajax game, we won it. And that's the game I'll remember for the rest of my days. But as a performance, it was very... There's a lot of long balls to Juventus there. So, you know, I mean, a lot of Mourinho's games aren't enjoyable. But we lost 7-2 to, to Bayern Munich. You know, people forget that. <laughs> we lost 7 fucking 2 So, if that's what it takes for us to not get destroyed with this current set of players, then I'll have to take that. I'll have to take that because it's a it's a very decimated squad in terms of form and in terms of fitness, and he's just got to get us to May, just get us to the end of the season, and hopefully we'll, we'll be a bit well, more adventurous in the transfer market and freshen things up. So the the, the, the issue I've got um, is that the at the end of the the Pochettino era was so bad, was so bad, and it was clear that there was no fix. It's so bad that I actually wanted. I wanted a player, a manager that I love deeply out of my football club because I've realised how bad the situation is. Um, for then to, to, to expect Jose Mourinho to come in and, and play football in the way that we want to see our team play football in the history of our football club as, as uh, you know, the, the way we've played previously. To, to, while I wanted that, it's unrealistic. And... Just getting him, just 
getting this team functioning again where it hasn't for so long. And you can't take this Champions League run as anything other than massive amounts of luck and spirit and drive. But it was all used up then, and then we, we really had nothing. I think Pochettino was done. To judge him right now, sorry, say it's boring, or the football is is bad, or you know he's not getting a tune out of these players... I feel like the, the problems are so big that we just have to wait and see. And if, if a year from now, if a year from now he's, he's still doing the same thing, then then we definitely need to ask questions. But it's been eight weeks. He's been in the job eight weeks. Can I say? But I'm not. I'm not saying that. By the way, I'm not. I'm not saying that um, that he's. But I, I agree with you in terms of that, you know, what can we do now other than and give someone time regardless of whether it's Mourinho come in or a Chris Wilder it doesn't really matter what what um what I think is, is you know well my personal belief is that I I don't think Mourinho I think Mourinho is is done I I, I don't I think we'll, this experiment will come to an end early um, and I think we'll end up going back to a Pochettino type of of manager that that's my gut feeling that's what I think will happen I, I think um, you know, there was a piece by Jonathan Wilson, I think, that that Barney copied in today about about Mourinho plays for Mourinho's ego. He's not fussed necessarily about you know positions of club trophies. Obviously, that comes with it. But you know, first and foremost, it's about him rebuilding his reputation. And when he walks away from Tottenham, whether that's to go to somewhere else or whether he decides to walk away or whatever, it will be in his mind, I believe, and I do think this is right that that it's about him. I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing because if it gets us where we want to be and what us as fans want, then fantastic. But there, there is, um, I understand why people are saying what they're, what they're saying because it's, it's, it's got to be down to an enjoyment part of it. And I'm not saying that the last nine months have been any good, but I agree with T on that. But there is something about this that at least we did see, I've never doubted in, uh, in terms of trying trying to do what we want to try and do and it might and it hasn't come off and it sometimes it's failed spectacularly but the amount of walking just where it's and, I, and maybe it's just me not appreciating the tactics but it's so hard to watch and I, and I find it really difficult to get over fair enough um tanganga let's talk about something that we can all agree that's a positive thing his performance against borough was excellent uh, his inclusion against Liverpool was unexpected. For him to have an impact on on the side from not not just a young age because I think he's twenty years old, so he's not young. But for him to come in from the cold and and uh, impress people the way they have, and I think that that was sort of some the pinnacle of that was that run down the right hand side uh, against Borough where he just put the afterburners on. He'd done one of their left, is it left back or, or or left winger for pace on the left on the right hand side, then crossed in a ball that Son probably should have scored. It. it are you are you hopeful for his inclusion in in the in the next six months? That could he could he be part of the solution to our defensive problems? T. Um, no, <laughs> be the short answer. <laughs> but um, I think brilliant. I'm loving this. This is great. He's he's useful player to have around. He's given the fans a lift. He's given the squad a lift. Having him there is showing they can be depended upon. But I don't want to pin anything on on him so far, based on what we've seen him. I mean, it was lovely seeing him play last night. I mean, defensively he was found wanting, but 
it would have been lovely if he kept that performance off of the goal. Um, and it's been great. It's given it's given fans a lift. It's given well, it's given this podcast a lift. It's been a bit negative with the whole Mourinho stuff, but um, I don't want to put anything on his shoulders in terms of um, him being a standout performer between just, now and May. It's just a case of just letting him play. Like when when he comes in, just giving him the opportunity and lack of pressure to just perform and and play in a way that we know. Uh, so absolutely, and if he plays bad. You know, hope we don't jump on him as well because he's going to have bad games. He's what? He's 19, 20 years old. So I don't want it to be a case where, you know, he has a game and I mean, he was against Mane um, at Liverpool game and he handled him quite well. But the formation lent itself to him being isolated of Mane. So that helped him. But there will be games and he plays badly. But it's a lovely lift to have him, to have one of our own playing for us and doing well. What do you think of him, Al? Yeah, it was was lovely to see. I like it when players are thrown into those those bigger games like that because you know defensively he got you know he got turned and he got uh, he got exposed a little bit from a wonderful first touch or a first movement, shall I say, from from Firmino for the goal. But you learn from that, you know. That's 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 a huge that's a huge lesson, you know. That's you know you want to know what it's like playing against arguably world class players. You, you've just got your first lesson right there. You know, and to get that so early in your first team career, I think is vital. And then I think the second part of it is against Borough, where you know, I mean, we were playing against two centre midfielders, arguably. You know, and, it, and again, it lent itself to it. But the fact that he had that confidence to be able to do what he did in the last couple of minutes, when he when he nearly scored, was another good run. He had that confidence to hit it. I quite like the fact that he was quite composed when he got into areas of of offensive, you know, importance. Um, which is which was nice to see and and again I think what you said about the lack of pressure one arguably a couple of things that might come from the back of the fact that we're not going to get top four is the fact that to, particularly as the season starts to come into its second half or last third of the season where that pressure probably won't be on it I don't think um, because you know we're going to finish somewhere between sixth and you know probably ninth um, then. And he'll have that room to grow, hopefully, and that's a, that's a good thing. Is that what you think, Al? We're going to finish between six. I don't and... think we'll be anywhere near performing. Yeah, I just think that Chelsea will. I think Chelsea will, will spend in January, um, and I think they'll kick on. Yeah. All right, fair enough. Uh, Ericsson uh, is all but gone. Uh, the club want twenty million for his fee for. Uh, to, to, to transfer to Inter Milan. Inter Milan want to play about £10 million right now. Uh, Ericsson just today uh, has come out. Well, I don't know who quoted him. Was it The Athletic? Probably. Someone. Anyway, he they they quoted the fact that he's disappointed with the fans' reaction and wished that, that it could have ended more amicably. Do you think that the club... I think fans were booing him off when he came off against... Uh, was it Liverpool or Borough? I can't remember. But they're booing him off. It's is it unfair to treat Ericsson that way, given the level of performance that he's had over the years, Al? Um, I, I understand it because he is one of those players. You know, even every I said this on the pod that we did the other week. Every year we would have a discussion about Ericsson. Every year, yeah. You know, this is obviously on a little bit longer, and, and I understand. You know, it is frustrating. It's almost more frustrating when you know somebody who has the talents that he has. And then it's very easy to be perceived as, oh, he doesn't give a fuck or he's not trying. I don't believe he's not trying. I don't believe he, he, he doesn't give a fuck because I, I don't think I don't think athletes are built that way necessarily. I think when you go on, there's a sense of personal pride, really. 
Um, so I understand the reaction just from the pure human nature. But I mean, we've all do things in football grounds that we wouldn't do when we sat down and thought about it afterwards. Um, it's and it is a shame. He's right. He's probably is disappointed with the with the fans' reaction, but. I understand it, and you know it, it's important for all parties now that that it's resolved quickly and one way or the other. Would you prefer that he just left now? If it was like if it was fifteen million, just get him out and move on. <laughs> yeah, I think so. And also, I just think you know for him as well. You know, he's a, he's a human being after all, and you know you don't want to see. Don't, no one wants to be in a the position that they don't want to be. He's obviously not enjoying himself, and you know, the club will probably benefit for it. You know, the fans aren't going to be too unhappy when he goes now. So probably really, when you look at it, everyone kind of wins at the end of it. T, where are you at? Um, and I'd rather he leave now. Um, I don't, I'm not, I'm not over the moon at the treatment he's getting. Uh, it probably would be helpful if Mourinho took him out of the farming line a little bit. It seems to start every game. And <laughs> does, I think we need to, I think we need to probably try and build to a future without him. And that future is only around the corner. So, um, yeah, I think his legacy will still be intact in, in spite of the ending. But I would rather he leave in this window. And I hope Spurs have some wriggle room on that um, on the amount of money they've set for him. But you know what I say is that it is all down to him. He only has to play well. He, he, he probably only has to play average at the minute. And he's not even doing that. It's weird, you know, so... it's weird given how well he's performed over the years for his form to drop off a cliff. So there's something that's not right. And I feel like... For, for this longer period of time. Yeah. I feel like uh, it's probably about his time at the club. and Confidence. Confidence and just having a... Sometimes you just need a fresh start. Anything new and fresh is it's just exciting and, and and you have to just try and look at it from a human level yeah. that if he is at a position where he's decided that his future is elsewhere it must be so hard to get yourself motivated well, it's, like, it's like on a so, human level it's like you've been in a relationship for a long time you're suddenly single and then you're a sex god exactly exactly Lamella let's finish on something that we can all agree on unless you two find a way of not agreeing and maybe it's just me <laughs> you know enjoying something that I shouldn't enjoy but Lamella's goal against Borough you know it was against a shitty league or a championship club I get it but he, the determination he, he had where he, he won the ball took it past some players and just toe poked it with his left boot into the net and his celebration where he's slamming his chest and you know I, I don't buy into the kind of tapping the, the crest and kissing the crest bollocks generally but I feel like he's been at the club for so long that perhaps he does love the club. So my question is that does, does Lamella love the club more than the the fans love him? Um, that's a very good question. It's hard to really say. The people who really, really love him, I don't think he loves the club that much because the people who really love him would die for him. <laughs> but um, you know, Lamella joined uh, at the age of 20, you know, so it was quite... You know, his, his formative years and um, a new city, a new language. And his career, I suppose, has been very up and down. But I don't think you can doubt his love for the club. And, you know, when he does eventually leave, his highlight reel will be, be very fun to watch. You know, the stamp on Fabregas's hand and that goal celebration, among other things. But, um, but, but no, he's, he's very passionate and he definitely loves the club. Oh, uh, you, the Miller strikes me as a player that you would enjoy. Uh, yeah, I, I adore him. He's 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 great. I just think he's 
he improves us as, as a team. I think he he helps with with atmosphere because he's just constantly fighting and harassing, and he's just uh, you know he's had a terrible luck with injuries, and it's not it's not quite gone his way at times. And I think there's a, there's a an amount of of the fan base that have become almost indifferent to him because he's here for a few months, does well, drops off a little bit, gets injured, we don't see him for two months. It's hard to love someone when you're only seeing them every now and then. You know, it's it's. But that goal against Middlesbrough summed him up. He was harassed, could have committed a foul before he got the ball. Lovely run, lovely finish. You know, passionate celebration. Big fan. Yeah, I, I just feel like he's. You know, he might not be good enough. He might not. He might not do what most first Spurs fans want him to do. But he gives everything when he's on the pitch. He, like he's not great. He's not built like Graham Roberts. He doesn't look look like a hard man, but. In terms of passion and 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 want and the will to win, there's there's no player like him at Tottenham, and I include Harry Kane in that. Like Harry Kane wants it is the be all and end all for the most most Spurs fans, but Lamella shows everything in spirit that he lacks in talent. And for he doesn't that, give a f- I love that. Yeah, and and for that he he should be celebrated and he should be loved. And I, and I'm pretty just, sure he just it's, can't. It, we just can't rely on him, though, and that brings its own frustration. Yeah, I, I, I get that. I, I, I don't, I, I don't think that when Lamella comes on, I think, yeah, he's going to solve all of our problems. But I do know that when he comes in, he's going to give everything. And I feel a lift when he comes on. When he's about to come on, I do. I, I feel like okay, one, one of his little through balls to someone could make a difference. I don't think he's going to score that winner. But I think he could let Harry Kane or Deli Ali or Lucas score that winner. Yeah, for sure. Makes- All right, Alex and uh, T, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, and um, we're going to be produce- producing a podcast in person. Thank the love of fucking God. Uh, next <laughs> next Monday. Um, cool. But until then, boys, uh, enjoy the game against Watford. And we'll see where we're at when we when we meet each other next week. Cool. Cheers, boys. Bye. Network. Sports Social Podcast 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 Network. 
Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today. At LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.